0: We've been making our way through Matthew uh, just as we get get opportunity, and we've made our way to the 13th chapter, and our 13th chapter of Matthew is uh, we find Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, literally. He goes out in a small boat uh, a little ways from shore, and uh, in, in this chapter, we have recorded the parables of Christ. There's seven of them. Now, this is not the only gospel that records some of the parables are recorded in, in, in uh, other, other, other gospels. But in this chapter is, is all part of one sermon or one teaching that Jesus is giving from, the, from uh, there on the, on, the, on the Galilee that day. And there's seven different, different parables, but they're all part of one message. And they all have a central theme. And that central theme is the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, this is the first time he'd spoken in parables. And after the, the, the first parable, the disciples went to him and said, what, what, why are you talking in parables now? Why are you talking like this? Uh, you, you understand your teachings, but now you're, you're doing this. And Jesus says to him, because it's given to you to know and to understand the mysteries of God or the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, in Scripture, when the word mystery is used, and like, like Jesus uses it here, it's referring to that which has not been revealed previous to this, but is now being made known. And so uh, Jesus is talking, and when he, as he is talking about the mysteries of the kingdom of God, and he's gonna use the, we're going to use the, this chapter, you're going to see interchangeably the m- m- kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, and today we would we would probably refer to that to the, the, the church. It's, 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 it's the time now. It's the time that we're living in as before the Lord's return. And so as he shares this, this with them, we've looked at two of those parables uh, already. And this morning we're going to be looking and dropping in and spending some time on the third parable. And the third and fourth parable are sandwiched between the second parable. Remember the first parable was a parable... Of, of the sower and the, the uh, seed was the word of God and the soil, the dirt, soil sounds so much, soul, the dirt, <clears throat> the soul was the, the, the conditions of the heart of the people who heard the word of God. And we, we saw the different, uh, the different um, uh, types of hearts. We, we saw those who had were hardened like a, a, a trail, like a path <clears throat> that had been beaten down trodden down and the seed couldn't get good a uh, good uh, s- s- root system in it. We saw others that were like rocky or and others that were were thorny <clears throat> and had all kinds of, of other stuff that would crowd out a good root system. And then we saw the fourth type of heart that was good soil that was receptive and understood the word of the uh, the word of God and became followers of him. In the second parable is the parable, we call it the parable of the wheat and tares. And there the, the seed that was sown was the children of the kingdom, or the, the believers, and that was sown into the world, all over the world. And then the enemy sowed tares, and the tares was the children of the enemy. And we looked at that. And that, Jesus speaks that parable in verse 24 down through verse 30. And then he explains the second parable, in verse 37 through verse 43, and we have that, we have the privilege, or I guess the advantage of, of, of Jesus explaining, of himself explaining what he means by the first two parables. It's very clear. There's no way to misunderstand that. He tells us. And I believe if we, if we continue with his, uh, the, of the line of, of his ex- explanation that we don't have that much difficulty understanding the other five parables. So I want us to try to to do that uh, as we look at this third parable this morning. I'm just calling it the parable of the mustard seed. Let me read, You should be Matthew 13 and uh, verse 31. And another parable Jesus put forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it's grown, it's the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree so that birds of the air come and lodge in its branches thereof. <clears throat> let me go ahead and read verse 33. We're not going to talk about it this morning, but let me just read it so we got it, we got it on the plate. Another parable spake he unto them, the kingdom of heaven is likened to leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Let me pray. Father, we we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit that's given to us, Lord, to help us to understand and to explain the word that was breathed by you. And now, Lord, I invite your Holy Spirit, be our teacher, be our preacher, take the word of God that was breathed uh, by God, that that Jesus Christ spoke and shared here, and Lord, quicken it, make it alive to us, so that's just not some story with with some hidden meaning but so that it becomes real and dynamic and living like you so that you can do in our lives with your word all that you've designed in Christ I pray amen one of the uh, one of the reasons I think it's so important that Jesus shares these these uh seven parables again all part of one message all having to do with the kingdom is because kingdom expectations, kingdom expectations uh, was part of the, of the difficulty. You see, the religious leaders, the Jewish religious leaders had taught for years. You are so good. Look at my grandson. Thank you. With orange. <laughs> Thank you, Kai. The religious leaders had taught they and the and the Jewish people were looking for the Messiah to come, but the Messiah to them was the promised one that was going to come and was going to bring Israel back into the prominence as a nation that they enjoyed and that they realized under David's kingship and under Solomon's kingship. The Messiah, to the religious leaders and to the Jewish people, to many of them, the Messiah would come back with power and glory. And he would come back in pomp and circumstances. They could never in their wildest imaginations imagined that he would come and be born in a stable and laid in a manger. This was their king. This was the one that was going to come back kick Rome back to Rome and and set up and make a great nation out of them. And they were going to welcome him and follow him. And Jesus just did not fit in to how they perceived that that Messiah was going to be. And so there was misconceptions about the kingdom expectation. Today, if we aren't careful, uh, we can have, misconceptions about how we think God's is going to work. Uh, now, you, you know, I, I know some men, some men are like me. Uh, we we kind of figure out, we, we, you know, we, we hear something and we figure out, try to figure out problems. I'll I never forget Barbara saying to me, honey, I don't need you to counsel me. I just need you to listen. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, what's the use of listening if I'm not telling you, figuring out what you, what you, how, where you're messing up and how you need to fix it, man? Yeah, you know? Um so we've, may, maybe we men are more prone than others to want to wanna be fixers. And so we're, we're, we're figuring out this. Yeah, you need to do this, 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 this. And that's a dumb thing over there. Do this, this, this. And it's so much easier to do that when you're looking at other people's problems, you know. Tell them what to do. But I think if we aren't careful, all of us can be vulnerable to, to that when it comes to spiritual matters. We look at a situation, we look at a circumstance, and we figure out what, man, God, you need to do this, 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 and you need to do it here, and you need to do it there. And when God doesn't show up on our time schedule, and when he doesn't even check in with us about how he's going to do it, sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes we get frustrated. Where are you? You didn't do it. And I just want to tell you, so as Jesus is talking to these, to these uh, disciples, and as he's talking in parables to help to open their eyes so that they'll understand, here's what he says to them. He says, it's given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. But to those who are unbelievers, to those who are without, they won't understand. And so he's, wanting, he's he really not only wants, but he expects that you and I as believers we'll understand what he's talking about and, and we'll operate and move on off of that basis as, as we understand more and more what he's talking about the kingdom. So with that in mind, Jesus speaks this third parable to him. And, uh, and this parable uh, of the mustard seed is also mentioned in Mark chapter four and in Luke chapter eight, chapter 13. And here he says that the kingdom of heaven, it's got, it's got some... Uh, symbolist got some things and he tells us the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field now here the sower is the son of God and the field mark 4 tells us that the field is the world talking about the parable of the the mustard seed the field is the world it's the it's the entire world the the social order people uh, the the world that's what it means it's the world and in the first parable of the of types of soil, the seed was the word of God. And the soil was Christ and the word of God. In the second parable, the seed was the children of the kingdom. But here, he's saying that the seed, and he tells us that the seed is a mustard seed. Now, the, the disciples, again, parables are earthly stories with heavenly meanings. There's something that Jesus tells that easily understood by those who understand, and so the parable, the disciples would have understood about the mustard seed. When I when I when I speak of mustard, or when I say mustard, what comes to your mind? Mustard seed. What comes to your mind? Huh? Hamburger. Hamburger. Who said I love it? Hamburgers. <laughs> mustard is a great seasoning. It's good. It's five till 12, and the hamburgers, we're right on target. What, what else? What do you got? A mustard seed. And what comes to your mind when I say mustard seed? How little it is. How small it is. Mustard is, is, uh, is, is, is a spice. It can be um, irritating. It can be somewhat used to Huh? Mustard greens. Oh, I love that. Mustard greens. I like mustard green, turnips greens, and, and uh, spinach, and lettuce, and if you've been praying right, you take all that and you wash it and you cook bacon. And then you, <laughs> and then you, and then you, and then you, you take that grease and you wilt those greens down. Oh, yeah, I hear that, Anise. I'm right online. So this, these disciples would have they understood mustard and the mustard seed. Now, also they could take the, they could compress this, and mustard oil was used sometimes for lighting. But it also had, if I can say this right, they, sometimes they used it as medicine. So it had a um, medicinal, is that the way you do it? It had a, it had a medicinal use. And I, I was thinking about that this week and I, and I, and I had to do this, so I'm gonna have to ask him. Those of us that are older here, <laughs> what do you, you and me and somebody else, Does anyone here remember the days of mustard plasters? Huh? Anybody remember those days of mustard plasters? A few of us. Yes, yes. Let me, the mustard plasters. Uh, I remember if you got, if you started getting bad chest concessions or croupy. They would, uh, they, would you, they would rub mustard. I've had my, they would daub your chest with mustard and they would take and put a, a, a cloth on it and then they would heat, they, they being the parents or somebody, would heat a towel or heat some kind of cloth and lay that on the thing on the mustard plaster and that heat would make that penetrate. Now, I just want to tell you, you got better. <laughs> Whether you felt like it or not, <laughs> you got better. And, and they, would, they would take the mustard plaster off. And when they took it off, it looks like you'd been laying under a heat lamp, right? You were red. You're red. But I remember those days. And they worked. I mean, they did a lot of good. The days of the mustard plaster. Well, these disciples understood when he's talking about a mustard seed, they understood they had all these things that you and I think about plus more that they were, that they were thinking about. Very common. Very, uh, brought a lot of uh, thoughts to their mind. For you history lovers, now somebody called me this week and said, Pastor, didn't you teach history? I said, no, but I like history. I've got two kids that love history and a wife that loves history, so I have to love history. My family loves history. For you history lovers, I just ran across this and I'm sharing it, just just for the history lovers. When Darius, remember the, uh, in Esther, Darius, the king of the Persians, was invading Europe, he had a huge army, and he was met by Alexander the Great. okay. Darius sent Alexander the Great a bag of sesame seeds as a way of taunting him. And uh, Darius was indicating by the number of the the small sesame seeds, the number of soldiers that he had at his command. And he was basically saying, we're going to wipe you out. But what was interesting, I didn't know this, is Alexander the Great, by the same messenger, sent Darius, and you're getting it right, the same bag filled with mustard seeds. And I'm going to quote now. This is a way of saying, quote, you may be many, but we're tough and biting and pungent. We can handle you. And they did. And they did. So Jesus is is, is using this very common, this very understood. And he says the kingdom of heaven, talking to his disciples there, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed and then he calls attention, particularly attention, that it's one of the smallest, that is the least of the all seeds. Now, I know some of you are going to say, "Nah, see there?" Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. They're smaller seeds than a mustard seed. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not the great botanist or the herb, herb, herbologist or whatever they are, and, and I, but I understand that orchid seeds are and I've never seen an orchid seed, but that orchid seeds are really, really, they're tiny. But I'm just going to, and, and I don't know, the, probably a lot of explanations. As Jesus is referring to the herbs and to that, the seeds that they would have been familiar with and been using, the, the mustard seed most likely was the smallest seed that they would have been cultivating for uh, domestic use. And they would use it. They would use it for spice. They would use it for oil. They would use it for medicine purposes and all these things. And they were very familiar with that. Matter of fact, there was a parable that was very common when Jesus is teaching this parable. There was a proverb, not a parable, but there was a proverb that was very common that said something is as small as a grain of mustard seed. And they understood that, okay? Um, and and we, we, we talk like that. We say something as little as a flea. You know, we're talking about, it, it, there's things smaller than fleas, but we're talking about something really little. Or we're, or we're, or we're saying uh, something, you know, I'm thinking about book bags. My grandkids, I think they issue book bags in in preschool. Now, I don't know. But I pick up one of, one of uh, Mackenzie's book bags. Other day. She's nine. She told me she's nine this morning. And I picked up her book bag and I said, man, this thing feels like it's got a load of brick in it. Now, I knew it didn't have bricks, but I was saying what? It was heavy. Or we pick up something and say, this thing feels like it weighs a ton. We know it don't weigh a ton, but it's heavy. We go outside in the summer and we say, man, that sun will scorch you. Now, we know it's not scorching you, but it's hot. But Jesus is saying to them, "This the kingdom of heaven is like this This grain of mustard seed is the least of all seeds. You understand what I'm saying about that? And it's important that we do. Matter of fact, there's a couple of verses I'm going to throw at you. One's in in Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 18, where Jesus said it's important. He says, take heed, take heed therefore how you hear. And then the other one in Mark 24, verse 24, uh, again, Jesus is saying, take heed what you hear. So he's saying, he would be saying, listen up. It's important how you're listening, what you're hearing. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, I can imagine when he he says to these disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, a grain of mustard seed. They're going, oh, my goodness. We thought the kingdom of heaven was huge. We thought it was, we, we've been looking for big. We've been looking for large. We've been looking for trumpets and, and horses and troops and armies. We've been looking for big. Oh, what, what do you mean the kingdom of heaven is small like a grain of mustard seed? Now, if you're, if you're Rosemary and me, by the time I'm, by the time I'm reading this, uh, I'm think, anybody remember the necklaces and they had, a, uh, they had a look like a little glass ball with a mustard seed in it? I can remember some of you may still have that. Still, surely, still got one. And, and I, I love those because they're, to me, they're a practical reminder that it only takes a, a little bit of faith. Matter of fact, Matthew 17 20. Matthew, Matthew 17 20 is telling us that he, Jesus said to him, Because of your unbelief, for I say, if you have faith, easy as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say, This mountain be removed, it'll be removed. So, Jesus is saying it only takes a little faith, just enough as a grain of mustard seed, if it's placed in the right place. You see, your faith is only as good as what you put it in. You can have all kinds of faith, but if your faith is built on, on something that is not true, something that's false, something that's, that comes and goes, it's going to do you into good. It's going to do you more harm than it does good. But Scripture teaches that if we just have a least bit of faith in God Almighty, then we can say, This mountain be removed into the sea. It only takes, remember the song, it only takes a spot, I never it just, it. just takes a little bit, a little bit. Uh, so Jesus is saying to these guys, The kingdom of heaven is like a little bitty mustard seed. And I can imagine these disciples saying, Oh man, this, you're, you're looking at us. We thought there would be thousands and thousands and thousands. And Jesus would say to them, Not yet because this mustard seed is gonna be sown in the earth. That's the beginning. That's the beginning. And Jesus, have you ever noticed how God seems to always want to use small things? A matter of fact, I ran across a verse, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, in a New Living Translation. Zechariah 4.10 says this, "'Don't despise small beginnings, "'for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin.'" Don't despise small beginnings. You Remember in the Old Testament, Gideon, the, the military leader, uh, Gideon was probably in the reserves. He called, God calls him up. Midianites have come, thousands and thousands of Midianite soldiers there on the plain. And so God calls up Gideon and says, hey, get your, get your troops together. We're going we're to go. I want you to go whip the, Mid, the Midianites. So Gideon sends out a call and he gets thousands of, of as many as he can. And they show up and Gideon says, we're here. What do you want us to do? And God says, you got too many? What? We ain't got near as many as the Midianites. And God says, you got too many? Now, you know, God loved Gideon. Can you imagine being the pastor, master sergeant, stripes, still sit, fit in your uniform guy sitting up front? Woo! I love it. I love it. And God is open, continues to open many doors because of your service and because of our service, not only to our country, but to our Lord, for you to speak and still be heard and make a difference. But can you, can you imagine you military guys, uh, you know, showing up and, and uh, the commander in chief saying, you got too many, letting anybody who's afraid or don't want to be here go home. You, you got to be kidding. That's what God told Gideon. Hey, anybody don't want to be here or would rather be home or somewhere else, let them go. I say, what? Let them go. And he sends them off, and he comes back, and he's got a few hundred left. And God says, mm, still think that's too many. I'm going to do this in a way so that when the Midianites are whooped, people are whipped. But God would probably say, when the Midianites are defeated, you're whooped. Like a, I, don't even, I, I promised I was not say anything about the bulldog game yesterday. But when they're whooped, <laughs> I know, I know. But when these Midianites are defeated, he said, I want people to be able to look and to know that God did it, that I did it. That it wasn't because of the strength of the man, it wasn't because of the wisdom of the military leaders, but it was something that God did. So he said said to Gideon, hey, take these guys down to the creek and uh, tell them to get a drink of water. And everybody that just flops down, bellies down, and just to gulping that stuff up, you notice that. And he said to others that kind of squat down and they're looking around and they're watchful and they bring water up and they lap it up here, you notice that. So Gideon does and God says, send all those belly floppers home. (laughs) And so Gideon was left with 300 men that, uh, you know, that were watchable, but their hand, the 300 hand-picked men that God, and, and God, go, and Gideon, I can imagine Gideon said, well, and God said, that's just right. Small things. God uses small things. And of course, we read the story. He did. And amazing. I can't imagine any military today using a tactic like that, but it's God's tactic. And, and God got the glory. Small things. Remember in the New Testament, it would be just a while before. Remember, big gathering, Jesus had been teaching. And it's way past time for people to eat. They're getting hungry. Some of them that's got sugar problems are probably getting dizzy. And, and there are all kinds of stuff. And Jesus uses a little boy with a Happy Meal. <laughs> well, that's basically what it was. It, right? the, little, the little boy, and he had, how many fish? Two. Five loaves, two fish. Two fish, five pieces. It was a kid's meal. And and, and and they come to him and they said, what you got? They said, we got one kid here with a Happy Meal. And Jesus said, okay, 5,000 men besides the women and children. And Jesus said, feed them from it. Let's feed them from it. But he, he takes it, he blesses it, and he breaks it. And God uses small things. And he fed the multitudes with more left over than he had to begin. Jesus is saying to these disciples, the kingdom of heaven is in little things, it's gonna start tiny, but it's gonna fill the earth, but it's gonna be done in a way so that God does it. Man won't understand in the beginning, but you need to understand this because God wants you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Don't ever despise small things. Those of you often, there are many here that may be praying, have been praying for years for a family member a loved one, a son or a daughter or a parent and you've prayed and you've got tired and you've prayed and you say, man, it's not, listen, keep praying, keep praying, keep trusting, keep believing. God works through small things. God works through small people. He doesn't always choose the big and the noble. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a verse in First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 29, that I I love to talk about when Jesus is talking about this. First Corinthians, he says, for you see your calling, brethren, Paul's writing, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. I I heard a translation this week and the word, they're translating the word noble and instead it means blue bloods. Not the the program on Friday night, but you know, not not many people of high uh, nobility. You know, it's not that. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world which are despised. God's chosen these, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. I love that. Why? Why? Because that's us. That's me. I'm one of those foolish things. I'm one of those base things. I'm one of those common things. And you are too. We're, we're children of the kingdom. We're small as a grain of mustard seed. It's not in our wisdom. It's not in our might. It's who, wh- whose we are. And, and, and he plants us in the world, and he sows us in the world, and out of that, his kingdom is built by the smallest of things. How's it built? It's built one person at a time. I love it. One person at a time. This morning, one of the, one of the courses we sang and, and I love that. It basically was said, and, and feel my heart uh, and, and, and lead me to those around me. What's that say? What's that course says? And, and, and love and lead me to those around me. All right. So, so sharing with them. Pastor Jeff, when he was talking about the, uh, the, the uh, Thanksgiving meal, what an opportunity. I love that. Look around you. Look at a neighbor. Tell him you're going to bring Thanksgiving dinner over. Uh, lunch. Thanksgiving Lunch take it over, sit down, and just love on them. You don't have to go in, sit down, and you know, bring in a big Thompson Chain reference Bible lay it on the table and open it up and say, you eat that, I'm gonna share the gospel with you, what do you do, and after you, get, after you get through eating, and by the way, you know that's free, so I'd expect you to come to the salvation when you get through. No, 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 no. You know, he, just want, he just wants us to, to go and l- let him love through us. But whether it's the, whether it's the Thanksgiving meal, and I appreciate Boy, I appreciate the leadership of the people who are doing it. The Thanksgiving meal, whether it's upward football, upward sports ministries. And I appreciate, I've appreciated Zach's leadership in football and basketball. Whether it's a vacation Bible school, and I appreciate Pat's ministry and leadership in that. Whether it's uh, whatever we do, whether it's a cottage ministry, whether it's uh, the Elijah, whether it's a food bank. Whatever we do, we're always doing to look for ways to create opportunities to minister, to share the gospel. That's why we do it. We don't do it to build up the house of prayer. We do it to build up his kingdom. I don't care if they come to the house of prayer. I just want them to know and fall in love with my Lord Jesus and then be involved in a Bible-believing church somewhere. And we're going to spend eternity together. We don't have to spend it here in the house of prayer. We're going to be together in eternity if you really know the Lord. But everything we do, we do with the understanding that God builds his kingdom out of small things and one at a time. And notice what he says. I and I know I've got to get to hamburger with mustard. Was that this service? That was this service. <laughs> it ain't chocolate cake and soup beans, but it'll do. It's getting close to lunchtime. Jesus, Jesus knows he says this. He says, and, and, uh, which is the least of all seeds. And when it's grown, it's the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree. Now quickly, I just, let's let you know, I used to struggle with that. Okay. Because the mustard that I planted I cut the greens off of and put them things in there, and we ate those mustard greens, <clears throat> and I just, I just had a hard time. Now, after first service, Edna, Edna Hicks told me, and she's a far better gardener than I am. She's Clarence Gibson's daughter, so if you, yeah, 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 yeah. They taught Adam how to tend the Garden of Eden. I really have got to work on this. I didn't even take a B12 this morning, but I did have a good night's rest. I just want you to know. Barbie's trying to monitor me here. But, but uh, Edna, Edna said to me, she said, pastor, she said, have you never let your mustard keep growing and grow for seed? I said, well, no. She said, she said, she, and, and Edna's not six foot two, you know, but, she, but she's, she's about the right height. Her legs reach the ground. She's about here. <laughs> and Edna said, Edna said, I'm working on it, baby. Edna said, Edna, Edna said to me, she said, I've had my mustard grow taller than me. She said, I grow it. And she said, I save the seed. And she said, I've, I've had it grow taller than me. And she said, I've seen birds. Light in it. Stay there. And I, and I was thinking, I was reading this because I already had, I struggled with this. I, and in my research, I found that in the Galilee region where Jesus is speaking this, that there's a, there, there's a type of mustard still. I saw pictures of it. I read accounts of it. They said it's very common to grow five and six feet tall. But there are there reports of it growing 15 feet high or taller and I read of one firsthand account of a man who said that he rode under a mustard under a limb of a mustard tree and he was on his horse and it wasn't one of them little hickey dodgers horses it was a horse <laughs> yeah so so I'm reading this and I'm thinking wow Jesus you did know what you're talking about and I kind of get this impression Jesus looking at me and saying help I always know what I'm talking about. You just don't understand it sometimes, but you need to get over that because I always know what I'm talking about. So what's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, even though from the tiniest beginnings, the end is big and large and great. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, every tongue, every nationality around the globe. And today we look at this as we look for his return. And we see that he is still, the harvest is coming in. Just heard this week of some report in, uh, in, in from some of the, one of the Muslim countries. I don't know how they estimate it, but they said we, we're conservatively estimating that there is, I heard, if I tell you I heard 14,000, but I'm gonna say I heard 1,400. 14,000 sounds like a Baptist church count, okay? How many you have service today? About 500. How many did you really have? About 50. But I do <laughs> I've got to stop. I'm going to be in trouble with the Baptists, with the Methodists, and everybody else. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Sometimes we exaggerate. I don't want to exaggerate. But I heard the report of of 1,400 or 14,000. They were estimating believers that were converting, that were coming from Muslim faith to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ every day in this country. And, and And that's from people that know they're selling out. It's not to it's not get on the bandwagon because this is what's, what the latest fad is. It's come to Jesus Christ and know you may lose your life. But he's worth doing it for. And we get the reports from China and from North Korea and from other countries. You want to you see the church of Christ grow? Then you let it be persecuted and try to stamp it out. Because everywhere it's, everywhere it's stomped on, everywhere it's tried to be put out, sparks fly everywhere. Grain of mustard seed and a kingdom is large and fills the earth. From the smallest of beginnings. And you're part of that. We're part of that. One by one. You do it well with Sharon. Uh, you represent Christ well as his ambassadors. We have that privilege. Suzanne Rep shared with you, and, and uh, Jeff shared, uh, Cynthia Frill had surgery this week. Suzanne went down to check on her, and uh, she had to stay in the hospital an extra day. And Suzanne goes there, and she sees some very practical needs. And she gets on the phone, which she does well. And women do well, but she, got, she gets on the phone. And she lets those needs be known. And she's sharing with me earlier, before service, how it all, all of a sudden God begins bringing people in, brings Phil Gatling in with, with uh, some very practical prescription and other stuff. He brings, she brings women there with ministry. He brings somebody. She'd been without water for almost a year. And all of a sudden, within an hour, the people are there. And it was just a switch to fix her water. she got water in the house. You represented Christ well, Suzanne. You do that. We represent him well in everything we do as believers. And this kingdom is being built. I've got let me let me just close with this. I just love it. From from small beginnings to fill in the earth. God seems to always use small things. Uh, first first small, ordinary, insignificant to build his kingdom. That big end. Okay. Last thing here, last phrase. He says, it becomes a big tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Okay. I don't know what it means. But I'm going to tell, tell you a couple of, of, of thoughts. Pray it through. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you, because again, Ray Steadman, remember Ray Steadman said, when you get tired and bored and you want a good life, read a commentary. Uh, <laughs> read some man's ideal of what God meant when he said this. Uh there are those, and, and, and I don't know, so I'm almost going to tell you. Some say that, this, that God's kingdom, this tree is so large that, it, that, that the birds represent people that come into the, under, the, under the branches and they find security, they find uh, protection, they find food. Boy, I like that, sounds good. That it can be that all this from everywhere in his kingdom. That can be one meaning of that. Uh, another translation which I, I kind of researched. I, when I read this, I just tell you, you know where I am. When I read verse 32 the first time several days ago, I'd read it a long time, but, but I mean, again, a fresh, the last several days. It says, and the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches. I didn't read the word lodge. It's there. But for some reason, I read, come and roost in the branches there. And, and, and just, we, we, had, we have chickens. We had several before the coyotes took a, a, a got a, a takeout meal. <laughs> But, but where, where my chickens, where the chickens, chickens, they go and roost every night. And where the chickens roost, it's a mess. Because they, the, they drop and go down under it. When you clean out the chicken house, you got more chicken manure under the roost than you have anywhere else. And I, and, and I was reading, and, and some, i just tell you, I haven't, dis, I haven't been able to disprove this, so I don't know if it's, so I'm just going to say there, that everywhere in the, in where Jesus mentions the generic word birds, like in the first parable, in the first parable of the seeds and the sower, he said, and some seed fell on the wayside and the birds came and, and ate it up. It was a negative thing. It was Satan stealing God's word out of people's hearts. It was a negative thing. And, and uh, others that say every time Jesus mentions this generic term birds, that he's referring to something that's not necessarily good. Birds, vultures, where the the body is there, where the birds be gathered. The vultures, buzzards, we'd call them buzzards. Uh, But that every time he wants to, that it's a good connotation, he's very specific. The sparrows, God knows uh, one sparrow don't fall without him knowing about it. It's very specific. Now, with that in mind, if that's the connotation, if that's the meaning here, which I understand this and... I'm leaning toward, leaning toward that, but I just don't know, to tell you the truth. You, feel, you pray, and it, it, I don't think that's, to me, that's, I'm going to share with you what I feel like the Lord's focusing on, but I just know if that's, a, if that's a connotation, what Jesus was saying is as this kingdom of God is being built, there will be those, and it's gonna be, it, it'll be so large that there will be those that come in under the, under the, under the protection or, or, under, or even in the, under the umbrella of this kingdom It'll get messy. And I think of, again, you history people, um, who, was a, who was a guy that, that uh, was, it was Constantine, right? Constantinople was named after Constantine. Isn't Constantine the one that, that heard about the gospel? And he decided this is a, this is a good thing, so I'm going to make everybody convert to Christianity. I think that's Constantine. And, and, and he said, if you don't convert to Christianity, I'll kill you. Well, you talk about getting your numbers up of the, uh, you know, invitation. <laughs> uh, I, uh, at risk, I didn't get to tell first, first service this, but uh, hey, I, I've lost it already this morning This uh, so far. So I'm going to tell you the, my West Virginia story. Um, we were, Barbara and I were working at a camp in West Virginia. And, uh, I was staying with the boys in the boys' dorm, and she was staying in the girls' and girls' dorm. We were doing different things of the day. And uh, this one night we had devotions and we were talking about it. And, and so, you know, I said to the teenagers, teenage camps, guys, you got anything you'll pray about, you know? And this one boy said, yeah, I said, pray for my daddy. He said, he's in jail. And I said, okay, I said, well, you know, and, and then he proceeded on to tell me why his daddy was in jail. And uh, he said, yeah, he said, uh, he's in jail for the gospel. And I thought, that's pretty, you know, Wheeling, West Virginia. That's, tell Tell me more. He said, the other day he was, he was talking to some man he was telling some man he needed to get saved and the other man told him to leave him alone That he didn't have time for him. And he said, my daddy just got down and was just beating him in the face and telling him he needed to listen. So he said, they, uh, this is the truth. They arrested him and put him in jail. Now, how would you finish that devotion? I'm just going to leave that there. But, but Constantine, when Constantine came and kind of said, hey, I'm making this Christianity the state religion, you got to do it. I, I don't think that was a good thing. I don't think that was a good thing. Um, his passion may have been, his zeal may have been, and, and there's been others sometimes when we try to do, when we try to help God out and, and don't do it his way. And so when we, especially when you don't even stop to say, is this what you want me to do? It can get messy, but what what is, what is, what was, what was the takeaway? Cause I prayed, Lord, wow, this is pretty powerful parable, but you know, what's the bottom line for us? What's the bottom line for me? What's the bottom line for us this morning? And, and, and to me, it goes back to this, that the kingdom of heaven may look small, may be insignificant. And if you're one of those 12 that was there, you're thinking, we sure thought there was going to be a lot bigger than this when we started. Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small things. Because God works in miraculous ways. And to build his kingdom. And while the beginning may have been small like a grain of mustard seed, today we see that the tree has, has uh, the seed has bloomed and the tree fills the earth as we approach and look for his return. That's awesome. Let's close. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that you want us to understand these mysteries that have been hid, that your kingdom Even though starting small, even as a grain of mustard seed. Those characteristics that it's it's important, that it's vital, that it's spicy, that sometimes it can be an irritant. But it has medicinal purposes also. That that's your kingdom. And we are a part of that today as we wait and look for your return. And you're building your kingdom. And the gates of hell can't prevail against that. What a privilege, Lord, for each of us to be a part of that as we put our faith and our trust in you. Now, Lord, if there's any here this morning that's never done that by faith, never took that step and said, you know what? I, I believe, Jesus, that you were God's son and you died for me. And I want, you to, I want you to forgive my sins. I want to be in your kingdom. You do that right now by faith. You can just whisper it in your heart, in your mind, just before the Lord and say that's me that's me maybe there's others this morning really you're frustrated maybe you are a believer but you've been looking for God in the big things and he's not showed up the way you thought he should show up you've kind of got a little bit frustrated and maybe your faith is just a little bit frazzled this morning and God's saying to you hey trust me trust me I'm building my kingdom you just need to say God forgive me for looking at it from my perspective help me to be careful what I hear and how I hear if you pray the prayer and ask the Lord to come into your heart this morning it would be a good time just to say thank you Jesus for coming into my life now that you've saved me now that I belong to you you change me in areas where I need changing and I want to wait on you to do that. But you do that. Do you really mean that? Just pray. You do that. In your name I pray. Amen. God bless you.